0: Talk to you today about love that moves love that moves. I have a little dog named Java uh, Java Latte, and uh, she uh, rules the the whole yard she stands about six inches tall, but she thinks that she 's the queen of the neighborhood. She walked out in her front yard, uh, in our front yard one day, and there's a little guy down the street, uh, uh, some kind of poodle mix that he's got, he's sweet on Java. He always comes down to our yard and, uh, and uh, you know, tries to get close to her, and she goes into full-blown hyena attack mode. She chases him barking to the top of her lungs out of the yard and he goes flying away from her like she's a tiger or something. And runs down the street and when he senses that the barking has stopped and she's not chasing him any longer, he stops and turns right around and comes right back for more. He comes into the yard. She goes after him again, chases him halfway down the street. The moment she stops, he turns around and comes back for more. This dog is relentless. And it dawned on me that fear is what keeps him running down the street, but love is what keeps him coming back. I I remember when I was a kid. Some of you are familiar with the Left Behind series, uh, that the La did and about the rapture and, uh, you know, Jesus is coming back and don't be left behind. Well, that's the modern day version. When, when Rags and I were, were, were kids, uh, there was another version. It was the original and it was a thief in the night series. We would play it in churches. It was on big reel to reel projectors. And then when we play the play it in the church and it's about people missing the rapture and getting left behind. And then the second one was called a distant thunder. And it's about the people that, that got left behind uh, getting, you know, their heads cut off for the gospel's sake. And I'm telling you, I was like laid out on the altar by the time the service was over. I'm crying. I'm snotting. I'm, I'm repenting for it everything I did and things I didn't do, things I thought about doing, things I might do. I I was so scared of going to hell. I I was running to God. But can I tell you as a young boy and as a teenager and even as an adult, fear may be a powerful motivator to get you to God, but it's not a sustainer of your relationship with God. At some point, fear cannot keep you there. You got to transition to love. Because love is the only sustainable motivator that will keep you living for Jesus. Jesus was faced with crowds of people on a regular basis. And something happened when he stood before them. The Bible says that something transpired within his soul. When he saw the people, he loved them. And he never just stood still when he felt this love. His his love for people in front of him always moved him to action. Co- consider this statement from the Bible for a moment. Jesus saw the crowd broken and sick and he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. Now, now we will use the phrase in America, we'll use the phrase, oh, that moved me. And, and it'll happen in a movie, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll shed a tear and a moment in a movie moves us or or we'll see a video of uh, of a daddy coming home from the war and he surprises his child at the door of their classroom and the, the the child runs across the classroom into the arms of the father and we'll say oh that moved me and 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 there may be a tear and and we may fan ourselves a little bit and and try to get rid of the moment and then it was a moment and it was just that but when the scripture says that jesus was moved with compassion, the translation from the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the and the Greek there, it it it's not it's not our kind of move. It wasn't just a. a uh, I you know, I had an emotional moment and and, and now it 's over now this this moment for jesus it, it it's about the gut it's about it's about the deepest depths of who I am when he was moved with compassion the the Jews in those days would say that that they felt it in their guts it 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 was something that got in them, got a hold of them that they they could not. Not Do something there that there was a movement that was connected to that moment that that Jesus had in that in these three instances that I'm going to give you today. I, I love the the John Mayer song. It's one of my favorites. Love is a verb and the, the lyrics go like this. Love is a verb. It ain't a thing. It's not something you own. It's not something you scream when you show me love. I don't need your words. Because love ain't a thing, love is a verb. Love ain't a crutch, it ain't an excuse. You can't get through love on just a pile of IOUs. Love ain't a drug, despite what you've heard. No, love ain't a thing, love is a verb. True love will produce action. It will have movement attached to it. So I want you to look with me three times. The Bible says this about Jesus. In Matthew 9 and 36, is the first one. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Jesus, his heart was broken for people that were listless, they, they were under the weight of a of a religious system that that they could never measure up to that they could never completely fulfill it There was always someone telling them what they were doing wrong and and Jesus came on the scene as the fulfillment of the of the the prophetic uh, the prophecies of the Old Testament about the Messiah that would come that would that would answer all of the ills of our world and and he steps onto the scene with this message uh, declaring that he was the law, that, that he was the law manifested in flesh, that he was the originator of the law. And now he was there to show the people the true spirit of the law, that, that, that it was about love. It wasn't about rules and regulations. It was about relationship with God. It was about a God that would come out of the heavens that wasn't just about judgment anymore. And he wasn't about uh, uh, about somebody towing the line, but, but, but that, that he would stand there robed in flesh because nobody on the earth could fix their own life that God would come down as one of us as the Messiah and, and, the, and his name would be called Emmanuel which means God with us so God would come down to the earth and, and he would dwell among us and he would take our sins in his life and he would he would live the life that none of us could live and he would show the people in the world how to love one another He sees the crowd. He sees that they're listless, that they are burdened down with religion. And he invites them to follow him. He's moved with compassion and he brings them a message of hope, a message of peace, a, a good news message that they don't have to keep living the way they're living anymore. And the passion of his soul was bared. To the people, I want to tell you that when we fall in love with Jesus Christ, it's going to affect the way we see our world, it's going to change the way we entreat people. It's going to change the way we interact with those who are around us. It's going to put a passion inside of us that causes us to to do things that that are out of the norm for our life. Like like we'll we'll, we'll end the day and we just kind of look back on the day and think, wow, that that was really not me. That was uncharacteristic of. I, I really got out of my comfort zone today on that situation, and and there will only be one reason for it, and it will be because of. the love that compelled us to do things. Passion is an important thing. It's one of those intangibles. You can't just teach people. Funny story. Uh, I I recently, this past year, uh, a couple years ago, maybe uh, uh, found uh, a particular thing that I got pretty passionate about. And you're going to laugh at me and make fun of me for it probably, but, but it's an app on my phone. And uh, I heard about this app, and I don't want to offend your sensibilities here today, but just stick with me for a second. Uh, uh, but the, the name of this app is, are you ready? Everybody say ready. ready. The name of the app is Run P. Seriously, and there's no hidden meaning there. It is, me, me, it's, it's exactly what you think it is. Here's the deal. When I found out about it, I couldn't believe it. I thought, I can't believe somebody hadn't thought of this before now. Run P is for moviegoers. You download it on your phone. I see there's a couple of people already have it. They're excited. Look, they're as excited about it as I am. They... they You download it on your phone. You go into the movie. You tell that person that you're with, I'm going to run to the restroom. Because you know good and well, you're going to get in the movie. You can't help yourself. you got to get the largest size Coke on the menu. You grab the Coke. You take it into the movie theater. and But you stop by the restroom first to make sure that everything's empty so you do not have to miss any of the movie. But... It never fails. You get into the movie. You're about an hour and 15, hour and 10 minutes into it. The movie has just gotten to the to the best parts, and it hits you. You have to go. And so you pull out your trusty, handy-dandy, Run P app. You open it up. You find the movie that you are presently sitting in. You open it and it tells you all of the slow places in the movie that you can break away and run pee. It will tell you there is a two minute and 41 second conversation between these two boring people and nothing is happening. Get up, run pee right now and you can get back just in time for the next explosion. greatest thing ever but here's the thing but wait there's more so at the end of each movie it will tell you if there are extra credits or not it will tell you there are things if there are extra scenes i'm sorry so so it'll tell you there's six minutes of credits and then there's an extra scene or it will tell you there are no scenes so i'm sitting in the movie with my wife i think we were watching one of the avengers movies and i looked at the run p app And opened it up, and the movie was over, and I told her, I said, there are two extra scenes. We're not leaving. So so here we go. Just sit right there. Six minutes of credits, and then there's an extra scene. She said, fine. She opens her phone and starts messing around on her phone. Well, next to me is a couple. I've never met them. I don't know them, but they've been sitting there the whole movie. I hear her say to the husband, listen, I I wonder if there are extra scenes. He says, ah, probably not. I'm out. He stands up like he's going to leave. And folks, I don't know what came over me. It's like this compulsion hit me. I could not help myself. I reached out. I grabbed her arm. I got out of my comfort zone, out of my own personal space. And she turned and looked at me. I said, ma'am, there are two extra scenes, not just one, but two. You don't want to leave. She looked at her husband. She slugged him in the arm. She said, I told you, this man says there's two extra scenes. Sit back down. She made him sit down. It changed the trajectory of their life. They sat back down. We watched the extra scenes. When we got done, she looked at me and she said, how did you know that? I said, run, P. It's the greatest thing ever. She downloaded it on her phone right there. Changed her life. Another time we were in the movies and, and, and I looked, no extra scenes. I told my wife, I said, listen, we don't have to sit through these boring credits. I'm not wasting six minutes of my life. Here I have decided and discovered that there are no extra scenes. We can go. We got up, walked out to the, out the theater. I'm, I'm going up the ramp like you normally do. And I turn and I see these pockets of masses of people still sitting in the theater, glued to the screen, watching these dead, Boring credits and and waiting for an extra scene that will never come. And I looked at him and I thought, you poor people, you used to be me before I found Run-P. I I felt compelled to go stand in front of the theater and say, there are no extra scenes, people. And I thought, what is happening to me? I've become the Run-P evangelist. And of course, you know how the Holy Spirit will speak to you because I'm walking down the hall of the theater laughing at myself. And then I hear God say, wow, I wish you were that excited to tell people about me. I wish you're that excited to give people good news that they don't have to keep walking down the dead end road they're walking down that they don't have to sit and waste their life looking for something that's never going to come that they don't have to that, that, that they don't have to leave but being convinced that life is not going to give them what uh, is right around the corner that there's a promise coming that there's an extra scene that there's something more that I want to do for them would you would you mind feeling the passion to tell people about that. And I began to seriously pray about it because of me, God uses funny stuff like that to get my attention. I began to seriously pray about it. And and God took me to a scripture where Paul said that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation and the word of reconciliation. And he he said that God has called us to be ambassadors for our world ambassadors of christ to our world so that when so that 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 when we fall in love with jesus that we would stand in front of those whom god opens the door for and we would say to them paul said this as though god as though christ were pleading through us we implore you on christ's behalf be reconciled to god be reconciled to god and you may say well that's where you lost me Preacher because you see, I'm not the kind of person to set up my little speaker and my soapbox and stand on a street corner and preach to everybody. And to that I say, welcome to the club, because I am not that guy either. I am an extrovert, but I am not the kind of person that just goes cold turkey out on the street corner In fact, only one percent of the church is wired that way If you are god bless you, you got my respect But the majority of us are wired in other ways I'm more relational and I wake up every day and ask god god help me To have a passion for you to fall in love with you so much that I will have a love for your world so that when I see them I I look for little opportunities, little, little places. You know my personality better than I do, God. Help me, help me to find the little opportunities where somebody in front of me has a need. Maybe, maybe there's something in my life that, that I can tell them about, some experience of my past that I can, that I can relate to them that will, that, that will help them in a way that nobody else could do it. But when my, when my love for Jesus begins... To move through me, it will cause me to step out of my comfort zone. It will move me with compassion for those who are around me. The second thing that Jesus, that it says about Jesus is that in Matthew 14 and 14, he went out and he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. He healed their sick. He didn't just give them a good news, but he did something for them. It was a random act of kindness. And I want you to know that God can use you to change somebody's life just by taking them a bottle of water, just by by opening a door for them, just by showing them some kind of act of love that they weren't expecting. And, And while you're at it, to know that the holy spirit the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead now dwells in you if you've given your heart to him and the holy spirit that gave jesus the power to heal can also flow through you to see people made whole there's a brother in our church a young he's 28 year old leader in our church and he's a he's a baller and loves playing basketball. And, uh, he said that God has started moving on him right there at the the 24 hour fitness. If somebody sprains their ankle, he's, he's going right up to them and saying, Hey man, would you mind if I prayed for you? He said, I don't know what's happening to me, but this passion, this, this compassion for people, he said, I I prayed for this dude that rolled his ankle. It was all swollen up. He said, before we got to the end of the game, I looked at him. He was trying to come back in the game. He said, "I, I said, what's going on with you. He said, I don't know what happened, bro, but after you prayed for my ankle, it quit hurting. So I, 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 there are no, there are no lightning flashes from heaven there. You know, there's no voice coming out of heaven saying, behold, I am calling thee to thine destiny. You know, it's, it's none of that. It's just, it's you waking up every day and saying, good morning, Jesus. What, what can we do together today? Uh, like, Can you help me to to make somebody's life a, a better, a better place? Somebody Somebody's, somebody's existence a better place to live I, uh, I I went with my wife to a doctor's office and and uh, we were I was in the waiting room and I saw a lady come in there's a little can, it was a cancer clinic and and this lady came in and her her heart it, it, it just looked like it was so low her face was very stoic she went and sat in the corner all by herself and she did something that people don't normally do she turned and faced the corner and uh even if you're shy you're usually not going to do that and when she did that my my heart broke for her and i thought god what is this lady going through right now my wife came out and we went to uh we we went to the car and And uh, after we got out there, I I told her, I said, listen, I have to go back inside. Just give me a second. I walked back inside. I walked right up to this lady, and she she had a stone-cold, stoic look on her face. She looked right up at me, no smile, no nothing. And I said, ma'am, I'm sorry to bother you, but I said, I've been watching you sit over here by yourself with your face to the wall. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what kind of report waits for you in there. But I just want you to know that I'm going to be praying for you and that God loves you and you're not alone in this. That God is with you. I said, would you, would you, when I said that her face lit up and I said, would you mind if I prayed for you? And immediately she stuck her hand up like this to grab my hand. It's amazing how people, no matter how hard they look, they got a hurting heart inside and they just need somebody to bust through the facade, you know. And, and I'm not really, I'm not the best at that because I like people to like me. I don't want them to think I'm weird and I got to put that on the altar every day. So, but, but I busted through that and, and my, my compassion for her moved me toward her. And I grabbed her hand and I prayed for her, prayed for healing for her, prayed for God to comfort her soul. And when I got done, I said amen. She stood up and bear hugged me. And I still don't know who she is, what her name is. I walked out and I may never see her again. But I believe that God used that little moment to do something to change her heart and to help her to be closer to God. The last thing that that, that the Bible says about Jesus, and I'm closing with this. Matthew 18 and 27, it says the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. This was a story Jesus was telling. And not only did it did Jesus get moved with compassion, but the, the people in his stories that he told were moved with compassion. and And with this one, when he was moved with compassion, he forgave a debt. I know very few people in this room today, but I know the holy spirit and i know that the holy spirit today has been whispering in my heart that there are some people here that god has something very special for you in the days to come there's a new dimension that is awaiting you some of you've been very frustrated because you you feel like you've you've hit a, a closed door and, and you're wondering, God, do you, do you remember me? Do you know I'm alive? Maybe you don't know him at all. Maybe you're wondering if the God even exists and you keep bumping up against this closed door and this wall. I want to I tell you that a lot of times when we get to the end of a season, it, when we get to a closed door, it means that we are at the end of a room that we've been walking in for this past season. And instead of focusing on the door that's closed, focus on the fact that you have come through this whole season, that you are now at the end of what you've been going through and you are at a door, even if it's closed, it's a door, y'all. It will open soon. You just got to be patient. Don't focus on the closed door. Focus on the fact that you're here and the frustration in you is, is a God's sin to help you to get ready to let go of where you came from so you can embrace the new that you're about to experience. But here's the deal. There are people here that your hearts are broken. You got wounds in your spirit. You got relationships that have been on the rocks. I know It's true. I've felt it before, but I've had people come up to, to me at the end of both services and confirm. I have relationships that I got hurt in and I shut them down and I pushed them out of my life. And I know I was wrong. Today, God is asking you to let it go. because you got hold of this relationship, this situation that you that you haven't been able to forgive. You haven't been able to let go of it. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe it's a maybe it's a philosophy. Maybe it's a racial thing, and, and you don't want to be that way, but you can't help where you were raised, and, and it just kind of got. Put on you and your culture you grew up in, and, and you want to change it and you want to be free from it because you you you, you want to belong to a church like the Hills where all the faces are represented and it's a church that looks like heaven's going to look and 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 you're here on purpose but you're still wrestling with stuff and the news is so negative and everything is so bad and 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 you're struggling with it you're having trouble letting stuff go and then things happen maybe it's happened to your own family and you feel you feel the heartbreak of. And Jesus comes to us and he says, Hey, I got this gift for you. God comes and he says, I want to bless you with this. And you know what our response is? Oftentimes we'll we'll say, like we say to our family members, we'll say, Hey God, yeah, just set it down there. Okay. My arms are full right now. I'm too busy being judge, jury and executioner of this person that did me wrong. I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Uh, trying to work things out myself. I'll I'll come to you and pick that gift up, Lord, when I get this worked out. You've been working it out for years and it's no better. And God is looking at you and he's saying, I don't think so. I'm not setting this down anywhere except in your arms. And I can stand here a lot longer than you can. So I tell you what, You just let me know how long you want to prolong the holdup on your destiny. You just let me know. Because when you're ready, when you're ready, then I've got this. I'm not leaving. I'm standing right here. It's it's like, here it goes. Here it goes. I'm ready to put it in there. But I cannot put this in your hands when you're holding that. If you want this, you got to let go of that. And then free your arms up and let me bless you with the next phase of your life and I promise you my friend what Jesus is holding in his hands is a lot better than what you're holding in yours you say how can I do it fall in love with Jesus wake up every morning don't try to figure it out you can't you can't make it all happen on your own just wake up every morning and say Jesus help my heart I gave this to you yesterday. I'm dealing with it again this morning, so I'm going to give it to you again. If i got to give it to you a thousand times today, I will, Lord, but I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to give it to you. Help me to fall in love with you, Jesus, because if I fall in love with you, you'll move me with compassion to be able to forgive those who have done me wrong. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? And I, I don't know where you are right now in your life but I can tell you that Jesus loves you more than I could ever convey he gave his life for you for your sins for my sins on the cross the prophet Isaiah spoke of him the prophet Jeremiah spoke of him King David spoke of him. They all prophesied that this Messiah would be born in the town of Bethlehem and that he would save their people from their sins. Thankfully, that promise is to the whole world. And today, if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't made a move for him, I hope that you will consider him today. Today is the day for him to put so much love in your heart that it moves you to live your life in a way you never dreamed you could live it. And I just wonder if you're ready to say yes to Jesus Christ today. If, you, if you're ready to put your faith in him as the Savior, it's not, it's not about what you can do. It's about what he already did for you. If you're ready to trust in the finished work of Christ, that he died on the cross for our sins, he was buried, and the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead on the third day. If you're ready to say yes, then I hope that you'll pray this with me. I'm just asking the Hills Church across the the room if you would say this prayer with us. If you're ready to do that, would you just pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much. You sent your only son to die in my place. Lord Jesus, I know you rose from the dead. I open my heart to you. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Be my savior, and the Lord of my life and my best friend and help me to love you the way you passionately love me in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless. You. Amen. Amen. Mm. Come on. How many received that word today? You receive it?